on this episode of Why Watch That. Empire will start off in October, show episodes until December, and then be gone until the end of March and yeah. come back for five more episodes. Really, you're only getting 12 episodes for a season. They're only owning 13 episodes, not a full season. So the audience is being cheated, but also the writers, for them, they don't have the, the burden of creating 22 episodes. I was like, yeah, yes, 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 yes. And boy, he comes out of that trailer with that smile and a bat with barbed wire. <laughs> Why watch that as a podcast featuring the critic and referee who go head to head on a quest to discover the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. Expect the unexpected from the critic. Well, nothing gets past the ref. We do all the work. So you don't have to. Welcome Welcome to to Why Watch Watch That. Presented by Dynamic Network. Why Watch That Insider. We are back with Keith off a boat in. He's taking over. He is taking over. He's taking over. Yeah, you may not have heard from him from a while, but we are definitely back in action. And he's got a couple things to say about our current topic, which is the current state of television. Now, all of you listeners know that uh, both the critic and I have definite opinions about where television is going. A lot of those opinions are positive, um, but many of them are not. Um, And you kind of have to weed through the crowded television um, offerings that both cable and network television is uh, dishing out. Um, and online so, now, you know, yeah. And on, you're right, and online. We're, we've got Netflix, Hulu, Crackle. If you don't know, you better know. <laughs> as well as the others that are out there. Um, we brought back Keith because he's actually boots on the ground between the, the three of us. Um, he's out there auditioning. He's out there landing roles. And uh, we wanted to ask you, Keith, how, what do you, what's your stance on television offerings right now? Do you think we're going in a good direction or are we sort of just offering a lot of love? Um, <laughs> Um, I think the offerings, I think television is in a really good place, the offerings. Uh, the thing that's not so good is that they're offering the same roles to the same people. Um, uh, so I live in Atlanta now, which is what they refer to as Hollywood South. Uh, Atlanta is num- in the top three in the country in terms of film and TV production, $6 billion industry here last year. But most of those those roles, those series, regular roles, strong recurring roles are still cast out of New York and Los Angeles. So, mm-hmm. roles, uh, semi-recurring roles uh, being booked with the talent here. And the talent is here. I mean, I have people calling me white, black, Asian, ask me how the market is. Um, and so there are, there, there are, the talent's here. It's the opportunities aren't really here. But I think that, to go back to your question, I think television's in a really good place. And I, I think it's a few things. I think televisions and homes are bigger. Yes. So, so you, I have a 50-inch television. <laughs> I have 65-inch televisions. And in most homes, you have 42 inches or larger. And and you have more than one of those. Um, and I think that writers, cinematic writers, are now writing television, uh, 
and because the seasons are shorter, they can really write a feature that's really going to be eight to ten episodes. Yeah. It's yeah. Really feature film that they're break they're breaking up. Um, yeah. And also, writers aren't writing shows. Uh, Shondaland is not writing shows to last for twenty years like Happy Days. They're writing shows to last for five seasons. That's mm-hmm. right. Uh, Sons of and, Adam. And also because they're casting film stars. Yeah. Right. You know, they're casting big. You know, people that we're used to paying fifteen to sixteen dollars to see, we can now see on our television, but we can't have them forever. Robert Williams. Robert Williams messed the game for everybody when he did the genie in Aladdin, uh, because there were a lot of voiceover actors who were able to make a living doing different characters, but now yeah. you're doing cartoons and they're doing one voice as opposed to Mel Blanc, who did fifteen. So you, I just saw the, the advertising for Jungle Book coming out. It's Idris Elba, Scarlett Johansson, all these Jeremy, yeah. Irons, all these different names, yeah. doing voice. And so they're stacking the deck pretty high. So now voiceover artists aren't making that money. But now you have Sam Jackson being the spokesperson for something, Jennifer Garner being the spokesperson for something, and so it's just pushing the low man out. You know, yes. so so I think Robert, it all started with Robin Williams and and people. When you think about growing up. And Three's Company. That's why I grew up seventies, eighties kids. So Three's Company, John Ritter, Three's Company, one of the highest paid actors at the time on television, shooting twenty five, twenty seven episodes a season, and then uh, no, but not really able to move into doing film and film work. That's that's all he did. Uh, you don't have that anymore. That phenomenon is not not around anymore. Now you have people who are doing two series at one time, two series at one time, and doing commercial work. So, yeah. uh, but you, but 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 the industry's changed so much that you don't have a, have a lot of shows. It, also, with the John Ritter example, you had uh, three companies running during the season, and then it would do reruns in the summer. So that actor would make the same amount of money they made in the season on the summer reruns before it goes back into the next season. But now you have mid-season replacement, ten episode seasons, uh, one season and gone. So the blacklist, or let's say Empire. Empire will start off in October, show episodes until December, and then be gone until the end of March and yeah. come back for five more episodes. Really, you're only getting 12 episodes for a season. They're only owning 13 episodes. It's not a full season. So the audience is being cheated, but also the writers, for them, they don't have to, they don't have the burden of creating 22 episodes of an hour long drama. Like Dynasty or the Colbys or Falcon Crest or anything like that. So it's it's changed. It's, I think it's I think it's a writer's market, and not as opposed to an actor's market. But it definitely market. is. It definitely is. I do have to chime in and say that the market reflecting the the actors market or the television market, the way it's the way it's happening, is only responding really to the film industry. Which has been we've we've you know there's only so many roles for superhero movies at this point. So if you have serious actors or actors, if you will, they have to practice their craft somewhere. And I feel like the system that we're we're going towards now is very similar to across the pond, to England specifically system, where the, an actor is an actor. They'll spend time on stage, on television. And on the big screen, for Idris right. Elba to take time off to do a play isn't him taking time off to him. It's just part of yeah. what he does as an actor. Same with Judy Dench, who could lead a, 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 an entire cast in a film, but then do 
Cranford, the TV right. series, and, you're, and being a supporting actress, you're kind of like, oh? I mean, mm-hmm. it's just, it's the craft. I, I know your listeners are astute people, they're smart people, so, and I know that they know that the, the actors still legitimize themselves by doing theater. Any actor worth their salt, they want to legitimize themselves as an actor by doing live theater. So, yeah. doing stage, you can be a, you can be, uh, 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 what's that boy's name? Iron Man, Robert Downey Jr., making yeah. millions of dollars. But to really legitimize himself, he wants to make sure people know him that he has at least done stage if he's not still doing it. Yeah, and it's, it's just like even Forrest Whitaker now is on Broadway. Yeah, you know, so that, that'll keep happening. Um, I would say, just to tie this all up, check out House of Cards this latest season, everybody. <laughs> Look, you get Cicely Tyson, you, you get Lisa, Lisa Gay Hamilton, you get Ellen Burstyn, all added to the cast. And this is where you go, whoa, the landscape is so broad now, and we're fitting in so many heavy hitters, even in roles that, like you said, uh, Raph, are supporting. Yeah. So, yeah. I, you know, look, all of that tying in, just the great thing for us as viewers, though, is that there's something to watch for everybody. Like, you can find something out there because it's so much. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting, too, because the those supporting roles, I mean, they'll, they'll give it to somebody. Let's say, let's say Sissy Tyson, right? Mm-hmm. No, well, I don't want to say Sissy Tyson because people do tune in to watch Sissy Tyson, but Lisa Gay Hamilton. Nobody's really chiming in or tuning in to see Lisa Gay Hamilton in that role. Right. They're tuning in to see great work. And if it happens... Yeah. If, it's, if it happens to be Lisa Gay Hamilton, great, Mazel Tov. But, but how does an actor at my level or beneath break in? Mm-hmm. How, where are those opportunities to break in, and how do you get noticed? So, and, and I wish that I was sitting in a casting session today with a casting director who shall remain unnamed. Um, and as nice as this person is, wasn't really. Uh, honest with the people coming in. Oh, that was great. Thank you so much. And I think that people get a lot of that, you know, and and they they, they oh, I was good. They liked me. And they'll keep yeah. going, chasing that dream. People need to, I wish I could wake up in the morning and say, I'm a doctor. I can't do that. I have to get educated. <laughs> so That's right. Every actor, whether you have talent or not, there's a certain it factor that people have, but they don't want to get the training. So editing has made stars out of terrible actors. Uh-oh. That's that is that is very true. That and the editor can kill your performance too. Sure they can you ruin it. And you better know their name and know their <laughs> ace too. So I, I just I just feel like people need to be more honest with people about the craft and what it takes. Um, you know, that is it is rehearsal, it is doing work, it is doing research, you know. And I'm I'm working on that at my institution now and in educating people about what it takes to be an actor. Uh, uh yeah. Yeah. And and you know, I used to work in casting, I won't tell you how. Yeah. Um, but I'll, but look, yeah, yeah, look, I won't tell you how and where and when. But when it comes to casting, they are not going to give you what you're looking for. Don't think that a casting director is going to help you do your work. I mean, now there are people who pay for seminars with them and they are a little more forthcoming. But you could do a great job and not get hired because the thing is, everybody, they know the creative team knows what they want before they saw you. 
Yeah. And yeah, you know, it's yeah. very it's very difficult uh, to think of the audition process as as a learning process. Really, you audition. That's the job of an actor, just to go and audition, 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 and hope that they go, oh, you work in this role. Maybe there are five top choices who are names can't do it. <laughs> and then you get the role. So that's just the life of an actor. Um, and, and yeah, they're gonna smile and say, oh, that was great. And then they take notes and go, what? You know, I won't tell you what some of these notes I've read say. So. Well, the, the cool thing about living in the time that we do that when I was starting out acting, and I'll wrap it up, um, is that I, I, I did a, a web series that I directed and the web series got a lot of traction and it did very well. Now, that was something new that we had no idea would take off. Mm -hmm. And we're now at a point as actors, as writers, as directors, there's really no excuse anymore for you to claim that you can't get any experience. Now, it's different if you want a certain type of experience, but mm -hmm. we now have phones that have 4K ability to shoot really nice stuff you can go out and 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 get your work out there that way you can consume um uh television uh online on youtube on vmo like all sorts of places where you can get your work out there and also see work i think at the bottom line of all of this television is a response to that our current state is a response to everything that's happening in the film industry what's happening um, online and in the hands of people independently they're really trying to keep up with, with the masses but to your point Keith they're sort of filling in bankable people so that at the end of the day when you really want to get that certain type of role you're going to have to have a very very heavy huge track record along with um a lot of fortune <laughs> yeah and and you know yeah. one thing just the way it changed to get changed the game for people it's right yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah. and the thing is you know create your own stuff like you were saying ref like that's one way to do it and and get noticed and possibly get those roles later on Absolutely. Well, we want to thank Keith again for coming in and chiming in. It wasn't it's quite as heated. I know it. I thought we were about to get into it. But you know what? The bottom line is we all agree. The industry is moving and it's going, but it still has some way to go. So um, thanks for joining us and we can't wait to have you back. Did you know? Part one. I've got a did you know for you critic. <laughs> you came in and you sound like, I don't know, Cruella DeVille. <laughs> listen, listen, here's an interesting trivia that I came across. What actor... I was coming across something interesting. <laughs> <laughs> what actor was set to play Spider-Man in Spider-Man 2 due to Tobey Maguire's back injury while he was filming Seabiscuit? Now, this is the guy who would take over the Spider-Man franchise. I didn't even know that happened. Well, I heard a little bit about it, but I didn't know this particular actor. Do you think you know? Uh, no, but we're going to find out. L let Give me a second. I'm going to think about it. This episode of Why Watch That is brought to you by Audible.com, the leading provider of spoken audio entertainment, providing digital versions of audiobooks for download to your computer, phone, and MP3 player. Sign up today to try Audible free for 30 days and get a free audiobook of your choice. 
Visit audibletrial.com forward slash why watch that to get your free audiobook now and to support our show. Did you know? Part two. So, did you think about it? I sure did. I mean, I don't know, because if it's not Tobey Maguire, it would have to be somebody similar. Somebody similar. Well, I will give you a hint. No, in fact, I would just tell you. Jake Gyllenhaal! <laughs> really? Jake Gyllenhaal? Isn't he a little too tall? I, you know, know what? Jake Gyllenhaal was going to be the next Spider-Man if Toby didn't get it together. But you know what? Toby said, uh-uh, brother. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this franchise all the way to Trey. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Jake Gyllenhaal, is, he's coming out with his new movie. Um, in fact, by the time of airing, it'll have already been out. It's called Demolition. Demolition. And it also stars the beautiful Naomi Watts and the amazing Chris Cooper. So, uh... I just thought I'd school you a little bit. Thanks, I've been schooled. Back to Why Watch That. The Why Watch That Talk. Well, it looks like all good things must come to an end. And not so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we um, here at Why Watch That, we wanted to focus on two particular television events. I'm going to call them Particular. Events. Particular events. These two shows had everybody a buzzing, everybody talking, and they have come to an end. And the, the first show um, is The Walking Dead, which is in its sixth season. It's ended its sixth season. Yep. And it went with a bang. The next one we're going to focus on is get this. The People versus O.J. Simpson. Oh, what a shock. Yes, American Crime Story. That is the first installment in the American Crime Story. We'll call it anthology. Yeah. Um, two big, huge events ending in one week. My gosh, how did you keep your head on straight? <laughs> oh, easily. Let me tell you something. I'm tired of any show that threatens to kill any characters. I'm over it. You can kill the whole cast as long as I'm concerned. I'm not going through this yo-yo anymore. Who's dead? Who's alive? Blah, 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 blah. So that's talking about The Walking Dead. I would hope so because uh, People versus OJ, it's pretty clear. <laughs> it's very clear there. So, you know, not to say that I didn't enjoy this season. I'm just tired of that hype where everybody gets worked up. Because, Ref, at the end of the sixth season of The Walking Dead, the question is, Who's dead? We don't know. Mm. So we get, there was this big build up to a new character, a new arch villain for Rick and co. And his name is Negan. And the question is, he looked, and he's a familiar guy, huh? (laughs) Yes. And so the question was, who's going to play this guy? When is he going to show up? How is he going to behave? All of that. Now I, as a great person and great critic, made (laughs) made sure to stay away from any news regarding Negan. All news. So I was surprised. I didn't know who Negan is, and I, I didn't know. <laughs> and so what I'm telling you is, if you have managed to avoid it and you haven't seen it yet, please avoid. Because when you find out who it is, I was like, yeah, yes, 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 yes. And boy, he comes out of that trailer with that smile and a bat with barbed wire. All <laughs> Okay. And what happens is, Rick and company, they get caught. 
they they really thought that they were ahead of this group and they weren't. So what's great is Rick has really had a great arc as a character, starting as a man who's trying to keep his humanity and turning into a guy who goes, look, I don't care. I will take you out if necessary. So he has now met more than his match. And what happens is one of the group is gets the stuffing beaten, beaten out of her or him. We don't know who. And a lot of fans are upset because it ended without us knowing. So they don't like that cliffhanger. I'm not yeah. really in that camp. I don't care. And the thing is, they're talking about someone dies. But if you watch the episode, it's not... He doesn't say he's going to kill him. He says he's going to hurt him real bad. So <laughs> there you go. Well, you know, it's interesting because uh, there's a machine behind that show. Like, yeah. literally, there's a whole machine, not only in marketing, but the machine has taken on life. And there are different pockets everywhere. So... The expectations are high for The Walking Dead. And for the most part, I'm hearing that they're delivering. So, Yeah, I really did like the, the season overall. Uh, I understand people being upset at the ending. But for me, you know, I, that's not the only reason why I watch something. So work. There you me. go. Yeah. Well, let's move on to The People versus OJ. Now, we've talked about this a couple times on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about it a lot privately. But... This is, this is it. There is no, the case is closed. So. Yeah. Yeah, the verdict is in. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, um, the funny thing is, Marsha Clark was on the Today Show not too long ago, and she's just not happy about it at all. She did not care for the anthology and thought it was um, inaccurate. But, uh... Yeah, because it's fiction. It's not because, a documentary. No, it's it's not. Well, some people are calling it a docu-series. No. Not it, these are actors. These are not reenactments. These are actual actors um, playing different emotional beats. So, what did you think overall? Um, do, do, do do we is he innocent? Is he not? Do, well, do see, know? here's the thing. Here's what's so great about this uh, show. They don't get into that. It's it's not about is did he actually do it or not. It's very open-ended so whatever you think about the case this is they're not trying to change your mind instead what they are trying to do is present a full reflection of what was going on at the time surrounding this case so it's not even about oj himself even though of course he's a part of it it's really about us as a society how that affected us at the time and how it affects us even now so at the end of it, what was great, you get snippets of everyone's reaction to the verdict. You get OJ, it, is he guilty or not? It, does he have those thoughts? We don't know. It's open-ended. We get the people surrounding him, Robert Kardashian, his doubts. Even OJ's son, there's a scene where he comes in and gives OJ a present, and there's a little thing going on between them, and you go, hmm, what's that about? You get Johnny Cochran's reaction. You get the prosecution's reaction. You get Ron Goldman's family reaction. Yeah. Devastating. Uh, and, and everybody else. So it's nuanced. And what is so good about the show is they can be completely ridiculous at one moment, completely serious at another, and it all works. Yeah. It, it's because not only of the case, but the writing is smart, what they chose to put in was smart, and the cast Yeah, there you go. is superb. So yeah. You know, for me, this was one of the best watches of the year and probably will remain so 
Uh, this and Underground, I've been watching those two going, yeah, this is... Oh, awesome. don't get me started about Underground. We don't have time for that. If you haven't been watching Underground, please immediately get on that. Now, it's no doubt that the Emmy season coming up will definitely reflect that, what you just said. It better. Um, the cool thing about if you haven't watched OJ versus... Or People versus OJ, um, if you are old enough to have remembered... Yeah what was going on and how people reacted it is definitely a good revisit if you haven't done so um you can catch it on demand with your with your local cable provider or you know you can buy it outright on iTunes but the bottom line is these two huge tv show events are to me great examples of what a powerful television show can do. Yeah. So, if you just want to be blown away, then maybe <laughs> you should catch up on The Walking Dead and The People vs. OJ. And now, the pick of the week. The critic is coming back at us with a pick of the week, and it's Netflix's Happy Valley. Well, I'll tell you what, this doesn't sound so happy. It's directed and written by Sally Wainwright, starring a very familiar Sarah Lancashire, Siobhan Finneran, and James Norton. Take it away. Well, of course this is not happy. Now, everyone, the title actually references the drug uh, crime going on in the area, area of England. So this is the northern England uh, area. And just so you know, for our American ears, everybody, I have to tell you, you may not get every single word, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't it's called subtitles. <laughs> the thing is, what's going on? Sarah Lancashire plays this uh, former detective who's now a sergeant uh, on the streets, a cop. And there are reasons for her doing that. And she has lost a child. She's raising her grandchild. And she, her, the killer of her daughter uh -oh. is on the loose. Oh, okay. gracious. So that's what starts it. Uh, Siobhan Finneran from Downton Abbey, O'Brien, plays her sister who has drug problems. And James Norton is the criminal on the loose. So I'm not going to give anything away. The second season was just released on Netflix. You can binge the first two. And this is a great show for binge watching, Rep. Great show for binge watching. It builds and builds and builds. Even the second season builds on top of the first. And in oh. the second season, you get another Downton Abbey vet who comes ah. in. Okay. <laughs> so, Listen, they're, they're on unemployment right now. <laughs> so I'm just loving it. I love the second season even more than the first. And I, I was surprised. So my hat's off to them. If you like it dark, if you like it serious, if you like it Stella, uh -oh. check out Happy Valley. All right, I might have to do that. Dynamic Network offers podcasts that have something for everyone. Our conversations feature experts who not only inform, but also engage. Interested in sports or entertainment? We got you covered. What about business, current news, pop culture, and politics? No problem. We take care of it all. Check out Dynamic Network at DailyDynamic.com, where every day brings a new perspective. Again, that's Dynamic Network at DailyDynamic.com. Also available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher Radio.
Thanks for listening. For additional resources, visit whywatchthat.com. Good idea. And we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and leave comments, feedback, and you can rate us on iTunes. We'll see you next week. See you.